Welcome everybody, Joel Silverman here for another episode of the Montana Business Vlog. Want to introduce you everybody to Andy Ron. Andy is an amazing appraiser who has now made a shift in his life and he has started a company called the Montana Land Source. And I, I can't tell you how excited I am for this interview because Andy, this is such a neat thing for me to get someone like you who is from such a different background in business that in business is not technically your background, but to see how you shifted from appraisal work over into Montana land source and, and what a unique concept it is. Mm -hmm. So Andy, help us with your, your educational background. Uh, well, I went to college, a uh, couple different colleges, but graduated in land resource science. So it was always ag, uh, soil science, uh, which I ended up with a minor in. Um, I was angling to either be a soil scientist or uh, be in production myself. Wanted mm -hmm. to be a producer in my in my 20s with my young family, or uh, you know conservationist or or whatnot. And you graduated from MSU, correct? I did. I, I started at U of M though, and went to Humboldt State University in Northern California, and then ended uh, up at uh, Montana State. Yeah, I wouldn't have admitted that person. Either, <laughs> so. I'm a grizz, so you know. <laughs> I had a fun interview with uh, Mike Hope here, and all he did the entire hour was just razz me for being a Grizz. So yeah, <laughs> I come from a family of Grizz, but so okay. I, I broke the mold because I was yeah. in agriculture. Nice. Major. Yeah. So after you graduate from college, you start working here in Bozeman, right? Correct. And and what was that? Uh, I went to work for Clark Wheeler at Norman C. Wheeler and Associates, appraisal mm -hmm. firm here in Bozeman. Met him a few months before graduating, and, and hit it off, and went to work for him, which was kind of the opportunity of a lifetime. You know, he's the, the best in the business and, and got trained up by the best, but he needed some help in the office. And uh, I, especially in school, uh, emphasized GIS mapping technology. Mm -hmm. I really had a sense that that was a, a great thing to get into and would be good for me. And so um, pioneered a whole GIS system for, for him for years. And then you go from working GIS to actually being trained up as an appraiser. Correct. Correct. How did you find that shift? Well, I guess just being there uh, for a while, um, you know, they just felt like it was time for me to move up mm -hmm. into that. So we replaced my position with somebody to run the GIS and then, you know, became an appraiser and then went out on my own um, and and uh, took the GIS with me in terms of, you know, applying it to my work product and, and kept going with that. Excellent. And how many years did you work as an appraiser? Well, I'm coming on 20, 20 years. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And in your appraisal world is all ag stuff, right? Yeah. Rural Montana land. Mm -hmm. Yes. Rural. Which is quite a bit different than typical residential work. It is. Yeah. Far different. Help For a lot of our viewers, the appraisal world is a very unique world and I think there's a lot of misconceptions about it. And I know I yeah. deal with it a lot because uh, we represent a lot of appraisers. What, what do you see is oftentimes the misconceptions that people have about appraisal work? Well, my understanding about residential and even commercial appraisal is it's, it's fairly formulaic. I mean, they've got their forms, they've got their um, software, and so it's a little more checkbox type thing. You know, how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms, how many square feet, how many, you know, it's just a little more formulaic. You know, Montana land, uh, farms and ranches and rural acreage, you know, varies uh, so much. So it's, it's far less cut and dried and formulaic. And, you know, in addition, over the last 20 or so years, you know, um, factors of value uh, such as aesthetics and, mm -hmm. and recreation and whatnot have dominated the market. So, 
you know, we've got subjective factors in the market. Um, no two properties are nowhere near alike. There's not nearly as many uh, comparable sales to work with. Mm -hmm. I mean, you might be in an area where the last comparable sale happened a couple years ago. So um, it's just far more complicated, far more in depth, mm -hmm. uh, a whole different kind of animal in terms of the practice of appraisal. Excellent. And so you go from appraisal work to starting Montana Land Source. Yeah. How does that come about and what is Montana Land Source for? Well, viewers? the way it really came about, so, you know, like I said, I started out I started out uh, doing mapping um, in GIS, you know, when I first went to work for for Norman C. Wheeler and Associates. So, I had been mapping properties, you know, mm -hmm. for for years and years and by the time I was uh, out on my own, and doing my own appraisals, uh, ten plus years of, of mapping properties, and this, you know, looking at this desktop of at this point thousands of, of mapped properties. And mm -hmm. the way it really started was was uh, looking at that desktop and realizing, I think this has value mm -hmm. beyond just writing my own appraisals. You know, and, and would people pay? Would people pay to access some mm -hmm. of this information, some of this data? So that was the, that's where it started. That was mm -hmm. the idea, and it took years. You know, just the technology of, um, in an efficient way, you know, publishing that in some way online mm -hmm. that people could access. I mean, it was really quite a process. But as technology kind of developed and finding the right software and, and you know, getting that done while writing appraisals got to the point uh, with some pilot projects where it's, you know, making that map available online for on a subscription basis. And mm -hmm. uh, then it's just grown, grown from there. What made you think that this was a great idea? that you needed to put this product out there? Well, I, you know, I love GIS, I love the mapping, so that's always been you know, dear to my heart. I can, I can spend hours and hours and hours looking at maps, especially in Montana, and, and, and mapping properties. And, and I like the data, I like the um, accumulation of data and then being, being able to do stuff with that data. So it kind of uh, appealed to me and was attracted to me, I would say, in a lot of ways, even more so than writing appraisals. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I felt like um, I would like to spend time and development on, on that core and um, in some ways provide that information to others, whether it's other appraisers for them to write appraisals or there's so many other uh, use scenarios where people don't necessarily need full-blown appraisals but need access to market data um, and whatnot. So mm -hmm. it was just kind of a personal um, attraction to that. Like I, like I said, I'm kind of a map guy through mm -hmm. and through, so spending hours looking at maps even on the computer is... Uh, works pretty well for me. Did you have an aha moment where you realized that this is something that could monetize, that you could get it to work as a business? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it was, a, it was definitely a seed of an idea and kind of a dream for a long, long time. Uh, I guess the closest thing to that was when I did start to share it with a handful of key, uh, really brokers, I guess, you know, ranch brokers, farm and ranch brokers was uh, the primary market I kind mm -hmm. of I foresaw for that. And uh, of course, you know, close to, to many of those guys uh, through my regular appraisal process and taking it to them and running it by them and watching the light go on in their eyes. Like, holy, like, you know, holy crap, this, mm -hmm. this is possible. This, you know, this, we could have this. So that's probably, you know, the kind of biggest aha moment is watching potential user enthusiasm for it. Fantastic. Yeah, so that's that, fun. I think that's something we don't do enough in business is ask our potential clients or customers, what do you think about this? Is this a, yeah. is this a possibility? Would you be interested in it or 
would you pay for something like that? Right, right. Yeah, and you know, hearing from clients that you know they have two computer screens and Montana Land Source is up permanently on that second screen, uh, you know, stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, I actually was in a, um, a high-profile ranch brokerage office uh, a couple years ago, and uh, one of the brokers was uh, it was a new office, and so they were giving tours of the office and. Uh, Step behind the desk and saw Montana Lance Horse up on, on <laughs> or I'll share another one. Uh, I was in a continuing ed class with, you know, gosh, maybe 50, 60 uh, brokers taking care of continuing ed. And I stood up in the back of the room. And, of course, everyone's got laptops, you know, kind of multitasking. Mm -hmm. And I could point out and count a dozen or so uh, Montana Lance Horse uh, up on screens while they're going through the continuing ed. So things <laughs> like that let you know you're on the right track and, and you know, bringing value. Now, you told me a story about working with Greg Gianforte on your company, right? Yes. Tell us that story, because I thought that was really unique and, and neat that he was giving back. Yeah. So before he got into politics, uh, you know, he's, he's passionate about uh, entrepreneurship mm -hmm. and, and small business. And uh, before he got into politics, um, he made himself available for uh, consulting. And it was, a, it was a, a bit of a program where you could you know, call them up or sign up or whatever and uh, get on the docket and get, uh, you know, it was a, I don't know, 10, 15 minute consulting, you know, as a, mm -hmm. as a startup. And, and I did that with him and um, uh, got a lot of good information that I, I still use today. Mm -hmm. And the funny one I remember is uh, he's asking me questions, of course, about, about Montana Land Source and the product. And, uh, you know, he's very, very direct. And uh, he kind of cut me off and he said, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, you, you have a product you're selling. You're, you're selling subscriptions now today for X amount of money. Yeah, yeah. And he said, stop developing and sell. Sell, sell, sell. Market, sell, market, sell, market. You know, sales, <laughs> sales, cure everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was good insight. He said, you know, you're a, you're a tech entrepreneur and you guys just want to uh, lift up the hood all the time. Mm -hmm. Tinker under the hood and, and not sell. And I still struggle with that. I still just want to play under the hood and, and oh, I got to get it perfect before. Mm -hmm. I got to get this fixed, this fixed, this fixed. The, you know, so that was very... Very good advice that I still uh, strive to, but struggle to, to, to follow through with sometimes is just mm -hmm. put the lid, shut the hood and get out there and market. Yeah, I, I know my world, attorneys are very guilty of it. Yeah. Right. We go to law school, we learn about the practice of law um, or about how to be a lawyer, but we never learn the marketing side, the business side of practicing right. law. And so I, I, you know, I've got a little bit of background like you do. I've got a forestry degree. And there was the same thing, right? You're learning yeah. the technical skills, but never, oh, hey, there's a whole business side of the world out there that you really need to have some knowledge about. Well, as an appraiser in Montana, zero marketing or sales needed. You mm -hmm. know, all, all the work, there, there's so few appraisal, appraisers in Montana. You know, we all can stay as busy as we want without, I mean, one bit of, you know, advertising. Yeah. So that was a big, that was a big shift. You sure. Know, now I have something I have to sell and promote and, and, uh, you know, big shift. So how did you make that shift? Did you read books? Did you start seeking out marketers to help you learn? What what did you do? Well, I guess I would say I, I, I didn't do that, at least initially. You know, initially <laughs> it was all about development of the product. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, so that, I mean, that took up all the bandwidth. And, and I, I would admit, I think I probably had a little bit of a naive fantasy that, you know, we'll, we'll put this thing out and it'll be so fabulous people will, will find us. And, you know, it was interesting that actually happened for a while. Um, at first we had a stage, uh, but I still remember this. Um, you know, we had a certain growth rate, uh, and then all of a sudden it, it flattened a little bit. Um, I mean, still growing, but 
not nearly at the same rate. And it, mm-hmm. at the time, it seemed arbitrary. Mm-hmm. That, that, that point didn't make sense. There were still lots of potential clients out there. And it took me a while to figure it out. And that point represented the extent of my reputation and people who I'd either mm-hmm. worked with directly or knew about me. Because I had developed a reputation as the map guy mm-hmm. in the industry. And um, you know, people liked the maps and uh, knew about my work. So to the extent that that reputation preceded me, mm-hmm. we, you know, sales were relatively easy. Mm-hmm. We hit the limit on that and, and then it flattened out a little bit. Um, so, and you know, we're still in that today, uh, having to get out to the far corners of the state where, mm-hmm. you know, people I haven't met before. And, and it's kind of a classic Montana thing, you know, um, I'll talk to guys on the phone and send marketing materials and have good encounters, but until they shake your hand and look you in the eye, mm-hmm. um, well, it, it, it's so interesting you say that because you and I are both members of the Southwest Montana Farm and Ag mm-hmm. Realtors Group here in Bozeman. And that's where I first met you. And I was so intrigued as I started to learn your story. I was thinking, where the heck does this guy come from? Because you were network marketing, mm-hmm. which is so important in my world. And I'm thinking, you're selling something that is, you're selling a, a product but you still use network marketing as such a key to how you get out there, mm-hmm. and, which is a classic Montana thing, right? Yeah. And, and so how, how did you come to that concept that you really needed to be out, you know, shaking hands and, and getting out with the realtors that really need your product? Yeah, I mean, I guess it just was a logical uh, conclusion, you know, uh, <laughs> we need to get to these people and... Uh, and you know it's funny. I'm also part of the Billings uh, Farm and Ranch Brokers Group because you know I live over there now. And mm-hmm. uh, you know these these ranch brokers. It's not it's not that uncommon for me to have known these guys for a long time and be working on them for years. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes I'll even write them off. You know, like oh, this guy, <laughs> this guy, he's just never going to do it. And then out of what seemingly out of nowhere, here's the check and you know, sign me up. Um, yeah. And so everybody has different tipping points. For and in my market, uh, and this has been you know a bit of a adjustment and a perspective adjustment. You know, uh, we'll market potentially for years before mm-hmm. before someone will finally pull that trigger. Um, a fun story: a, a Billings ranch broker who I really really wanted and needed as a client, actually because he had a, he had a bunch of ranches that we wanted on Montana land source that we weren't going to get if he wasn't a subscriber. You know, mm-hmm. and I'd known him for years, had a good relationship with him as an appraiser. And been working on him and trying to talk to him and, you know, this and that. And it was after a Billings broker meeting. Uh, he said, well, why don't you come back to the office and we'll talk. <laughs> and I sat in his office for 45 minutes, maybe an hour, hearing everything that was potentially wrong with Montana Land Source. You know, he had concerns about um, <laughs> maps being out there available and people going and looking at his properties without him. You know, all these kind of things. And, I mean, I just sat there and, you know, finally stood up to leave kind of with my tail between my legs <laughs> and he handed me a check for for a, for a subscription has been one of my best clients ever since wow and uh i think that's a bit of a montana thing too you know uh being willing to sit there and hear mm-hmm. somebody's concerns uh and all the while keeping your mouth shut and your eyes mm-hmm. your ears open and your mouth shut and and, <laughs> and he, he gave me some um some ideas and concerns that were invaluable. Some some things that he was concerned about that we to this day, um, you know, make sure that we take care of and, and whatnot. So um, it's it's double edged. You know, sometimes it's frustrating because of course you just want to put out your product and have them 
yeah. come to you in droves. But I like I like that engagement. Um, I grew up in that world um, and really respect um, these old guys. And mm-hmm. we talked a little bit earlier before the the cameras were on about uh, you know we're a we're a kind of bringing a tech product to a mm-hmm. to an old school market. <laughs> and we I I embrace that that we're a bridge. Um, you know, trying we're we're trying to do it right. We're trying to um, make it accessible and and a worthwhile technology that actually brings value. And so it's it's fun to to mm-hmm. introduce those guys to that technology. And we strive with our our online map to have it exceedingly simple. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and that's a that's a balance too because we want to add features and do cool things, but we don't want to be an overcomplicated product. So it's a what- balance. What do you find most challenging in this business? Uh, you know, the development is very challenging, um, and I've got great partnerships. I'm I'm partnered with my my best friend Andy Botman and his brother uh, Tim, mm-hmm. and they're they're kind of on the tech side. Um, it, but it's just remarkable how long it can take. You know, you, you you try to take care of something. You know, we get this. It's a glitch or or a little feature we want to add, and you know, the tech development can just it, it it's surprising how time-consuming and expensive you know mm-hmm. it, it can be and in some ways we had bigger visions of you know online app or uh, you know mobile apps and all this kind of stuff and it's it's been a little sobering um, you know that um, you know we're we're scrappy and we're doing it ourselves and step by step so I would say the tech development and and also the the sales and marketing mm-hmm. I mean um, that has not come natural um, mm-hmm. to me and has taken taken some work to embrace um, those I'd say were the biggest challenges. And what are some of the tools you you've used to help you get beyond those challenges and, and to make to educate yourself more? Uh, well, on the tech side, I would say you know uh, networking. Um, you know, there's a great uh, GIS community here in Montana, and they have uh, tech sessions and annual conferences. And, and we've traveled, we've gone to national level um, GIS conferences and networked with guys, and that's that's really helpful. I mean. You know, sometimes you'll have an issue, and uh, like I said, you know, banging it out yourself, you could be looking at days or weeks, <laughs> and you make a phone call and get the right guy, and he says, "Oh, do this," and and done. You know, so <laughs> that's both, you know, gratifying and exasperating, depending on you know which side of that uh, scenario you're on. So the the networking and um, with other people, and I guess the same thing is true with marketing. You know, I've, mm-hmm. I've definitely especially over the last year or two, um, been investing a lot of more time of my time and energy in that, mm-hmm. in my role in the company. And so, you know, networking meetings, mm-hmm. b- business meetings, uh, you know, yeah, consuming books and videos on marketing and, um, you know, has, has opened my eyes and, and mm-hmm. been helpful. And it's, it's, it's not my native habitat. I've had to really, uh, <laughs> but it's, once I get over myself, it's, it can be mm-hmm. really fun and, and, you know, yeah. So uh, on that same line, what were some really helpful resources that you really picked up some good nuggets from? You know, I, I honestly, I think uh, there's there's so much information online. So mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, just looking at videos and um, I'm trying to think of, of books I've read on um, marketing. And uh, I got to admit, I'm not sure there's any that I've necessarily read from start to finish as much as, you know, picking up, mm-hmm. picking up pieces here and there. I'm a Dave Ramsey fan. He's on the radio, you know, he talks, yep. he talks a bit about it and some of the books he's recommended. Um, yeah. So it's just been kind of a slow process and, you know, 
even seeking out other businesses, you know, mm-hmm. and, and part of that networking and within uh, other marketers and, and getting their advice and ideas and, and, you know, having some of those relationships, you make a promotional video or whatnot, run it by them, mm-hmm. you know, get that. Um, and one of the interesting things about marketing for me is sometimes it's the littlest thing, you know, the, little, the littlest light bulb comes on mm-hmm. and, and it changes everything. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, oh, you know, the, the flavor or the angle of uh, what I thought I was trying to do is not getting across or, mm-hmm. you know, I was up again. You know, it's pretty, it, it feels kind of subtle to me sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, the distinction between success and <laughs> resonance and, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It can yeah. be just the smallest little shift yeah. that makes all the difference. Right, right. You know, I think one thing uh, that I say, I'll say that we've suffered from, I mean, it's a, it's not a bad thing to have a reputation as, but I, we have a reputation as kind of being a, um, technical, somewhat obscure broker resource, you know, and, and we're, we're trying to broaden that. We're trying to get to a broader audience and a broader, mm-hmm. and, and that's been a little bit of a hurdle. So mm-hmm. falling to victims of your own, you know, your six, you, you, you put out, one way or one thing you're trying to be known for for a while and then you wake up and realize oh that's actually kind of harming us potentially from where we want to go and we have to broaden or we have to mm-hmm. shift or and that's one thing we're in the process right now of trying to get out of that that we're a, an obscure techie broker tool you know that we're more accessible than that that we're good for buyers and sellers and other land professionals and broader based if that makes sense it, it does go further with that because to me that's a really interesting point in that you started hyper-focused, really making this product for brokers. Yes. And now you're saying there are these other uses for it from just a general business standpoint. I love that question, but also for our viewers to Mm -hmm. understand what Montana Land Source could do for them, even though they're not a broker. Right. Well, I've always seen Montana Land Source as essentially uh, like an MLS for farm and ranch for all of Montana because I mean Montana has MLS systems but they're you know they're regional and, and city based you know mm-hmm. there's not a lot of land represented on the MLSs and so uh, statewide you know MLS like uh, system for Montana so that's always been my my image of it and from the start it was really brokers that were our primary client base uh, and but for one thing there's a limit to how many Montana brokers there are so it's, mm-hmm. a, it's pretty it's a really pretty small market uh, and we want to have a bigger market than that. And, uh, but you know, it started, it started with other people signing up even when we were focused on brokers, appraisers, uh, lenders. We talked about lending a little bit before. Um, you know, there's some bankers that find value in it. Um, just, you know, sometimes they need to make quick and general uh, judgments about the market or get an idea of values, say mm-hmm. in a certain area, and we're, we're a good tool for that. So, um, and you know, the, a lot of there's a lot of demand out there and appraisers feel this um, demand quite a bit a lot of times people need some information about the market but not necessarily a full-blown appraisal mm-hmm. you know and it can be tough for appraisers they're they're geared for writing appraisals and uh, it can be kind of hard to how do you provide a lesser product especially mm-hmm. when you're busy as you can be writing appraisals mm-hmm. you know and so Montana Land Source is a is a resource in that way. Um, sh- certainly far from an appraisal in terms of you know determining the value of one given property, but mm-hmm. there's never been a tool out there that you know anybody can can aside from if uh, you know in the past it was just studying listings and magazines mm-hmm. or something, which is pretty poor mm-hmm. way to, <laughs> way to go about it. So you know it's really grown with 
uh, I guess it probably started with other professional classes, appraisers, lenders, consultants, um, you know, that kind of stuff. But then we've also uh, buyers. You know, buyers have been starting to find us. We're a fabulous resource, you know, especially for a buyer that wants to do a little bit of their own research and a little bit of their mm -hmm. own, you know, tire kicking. And uh, it was actually, to my surprise, uh, some brokers were referring their buyers uh, to us, which surprised me because mm. there's always the risk that that buyer could, right, leave that leave yeah. that broker. So it's a situation where there's the broker has confidence with mm -hmm. uh, that buyer sticking with them. Mm -hmm. And I think some of it came from perhaps a bit of high maintenance buyers. So the broker said, you know, here, go, you know, go to Montana Land Source. Yeah, knock yourself out. Instead, yeah. instead of, you know, and, and let me know when there's something you want to go look at. So it was a, sort of a resource for them to mm -hmm. get a high maintenance. Um, and, you know, we're getting into uh, being an advertising venue for Montana properties for brokers. And so in order to have that value, we need a broader audience and, and have buyers, potential buyers, you know, looking at our site and whatnot. So that's been the opening up to, to other markets besides brokers. Excellent. So when somebody gets on the Montana Land Source website, what kind of information are they able to get on real estate? Well, you know, it all, it all started with the map. You know, we have a, a very nice map app and, you know, we, we map every available listing and sale that we can find uh, 200 acres and larger. And so there's no other, you know, resource where, where you can do that. So first of all, they can get on this map and, and, and see everything mm -hmm. that's out there. And, you know, you, you're interested in uh, land around Lewistown, Montana, you know, it's all there and you can zoom in, zoom out. And there's other layers, you know, we've got the parcels on there and hunting districts and mm -hmm. public lands and all this kind of stuff. So you can, you know, just really quickly and easily and efficiently, you know, get a, get an idea of what's on the market and price mm -hmm. points, you know, the, and we've got links to the broker pages so you can see what brokers are involved. And so that, that's was the, the primary we've got, you know, search functionality so you can, you know, search and we're, we're looking to expand this quite a bit. We want to get into, you know, are you looking for elk property? Are you looking for fishing? Are you looking mm -hmm. for ranching, farming, you know, so uh, building more sophisticated search functionality for, mm. uh, for types of property. We're increasingly uh, doing uh, market stats reportings. So, um, you know, getting, being able to know, because we, we've got, through the process of doing this for years, you know, we've got great, great data, great mm -hmm. data accumulated. And, and there's been a, a shortage of that in the, in the market. Only a few um, brokers and appraisers even set out to do any kind of true market reporting. And uh, we've arguably got some of the best data available out there to, to do that with. So um, we're looking forward to putting that out more and more okay. over time. Yeah. What, uh, since you've got this data and, and clearly you stay on top of it, Mm -hmm. What kind of trends are you seeing right now? I mean, because we're filming this right in the middle of the COVID pandemic. Yes. And, you know, it, it's very interesting what I'm seeing from realtor friends on the residential side here in Montana, where they're literally walking in using their cell phone to FaceTime or just video a house that they're selling sight unseen other than the video of them walking through the house. Yeah. Right? Like, their buyers are from out of state. What are you seeing in the in the ag world? And well, lot, lots of questions. We get mm -hmm. lots of questions about that. Uh, for one thing, you know the the Montana land market is a slow moving market. I mean, you mm -hmm. know, transactions typically take sixty, ninety, even more days. So it's going to take time for us to truly. You know, it's not like other 
markets where you get uh, instant feedback. So far, uh, we do not see much much impact. Uh, market seems to be busy. Um, I guess I see two factors. Um, you know, we're very tied to the national economy. A lot of mm -hmm. our buyers are from out of state, so certainly, you know, big impacts to the larger national economy have impacts on us here. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm I'm concerned about uh, you know if we if we suffer serious economic impacts that might uh, you know put a damper on our market. But a counter factor uh, to that is um, you know. The fact that Montana land, uh, land has built-in social distancing, and I mean, two things. One, mm -hmm. people do gravitate <clears throat> towards tangible assets in in times of uncertainty. So, yeah. you know, land and gold and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's in our favor. Not to mention, you know, potential built-in social distancing. So, mm -hmm. you know, people from out of state can, you know, and Montana lands. Montana land has proven to be a good investment uh, mm -hmm. over time, often outproducing other investment classes. So. You know, you make a make an investment and have a, a retreat getaway for your mm -hmm. family. And uh, brokers are certainly talking uh, quite a bit about this, talking this up. Um, I think some of that might be broker optimism. We, you know, mm -hmm. we'll just have to <laughs> play it out uh, to see. But um, and we we really have some exciting statistical um, things coming on. You know, one thing no one has ever done that we're on the verge of being able to do is have live stats uh, on the on the website um you know historically what we tend to do is um it's kind of like the whole year has to go by and then we give our annual presentation mm -hmm. uh, and and say what happened last year yeah you know, and we kind of need that whole year to even unpack what's happened but uh, with all the data we have in montana land source putting that data live and uh, i'm particularly excited about this um so being able to say, you know, on this day, you know, this is how many properties are on the market. This ha this is how many have sold this year so far. This is or how many have been taken off the market so far, and contrast that with this day last year. Contrast mm -hmm. that with this day of the year before, and what that'll give us. You know, we've never really mm -hmm. had that kind of um, metric, and mm -hmm. so and it's 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 good timing with this coronavirus because if there are impacts, mm -hmm. you know, that it should we should be able to show it quicker. Yeah, because if you know if numbers are down or numbers are up significantly since this point last year, mm -hmm. you know we we know yeah. something's happening. So we're really excited about that. Excellent. Is yeah. is that something you guys have already released on your site or it's some? Soon? I mean, we have some stats on there, but no, that what I've just talked about mm -hmm. that level is coming soon. It, it's okay. not it's not up yet. Um, again, technical. You know, it, it's it's amazing that <laughs> the technical um, details. You know, mm -hmm. to, to pull something that off and. Make sure it's accurate. Make sure the you know the data were there's a lot of data combing and data cleaning and you know it's 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 yeah. pretty involved. Um, you know another thing I'll throw out about that in terms of unique about Montana Land Source, you know um, appraisers typically really only track and pay attention to sales because mm -hmm. that's the comps they use and and you know what's what until it sells what's what's the value. What's really exciting about Montana Land Source, you know, because part of the service was to map and, and have available all the listings on the market, we started tracking listings in a way that nobody else has been able to before. And active listings are, mm -hmm. are actually a pretty important part of understanding what's happening in a market. Mm -hmm. you know, sales are really only looking back, mm -hmm. you know, but listings give you more of a dynamic present picture. And, and uh, even other appraisers that, you know, have done good jobs in uh, terms of, you know, trying to put out information and data about what's happening in the market haven't had, um, yeah. you know, and, and one 
surprising and particularly valuable thing um, that we've been able to document uh, the last two years, and I don't think this is unusual, more listings in Montana actually leave the market than, than sell every year. Explain that. Well, uh, we have a lot of, uh, there's a lot of overpriced properties on the market. You know, mm -hmm. the, um, this is a problem with non-disclosure in Montana and, and there not being a lot of information available on market values. A lot of sellers tend to put uh, properties out of the market. All they're looking at is other high price listings and that's what they base their values on, you know. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so there, there's a lot of distortions um, in, in the market about mm -hmm. market value. And um, that results in a fair amount of overpricing and then properties languish on the market. And then um, so that even though Montana land is a good investment and we've, we've certainly seen you know, red hot times in the past and things have been a little more moderated ever, mm -hmm. ever since the crash, honestly, mm -hmm. in, in 08, um, there's misconceptions about mm -hmm. uh, you know, how readily sellable Montana land is. Um, and yeah. we, we've been able to, I mean, not to, not that we're out to put a wet blanket on anything, but just uh, you know, real information and data about what's really happened in the market, and mm -hmm. um, which has been been missing, been hard to come by. So, what is what is some of that data? I mean, the, you talk you're talking like how long something's been on the market, how yeah. long the average. Yep. What is that? What's that for Montana? What has it been for the last year? Well, uh, one thing I can say back to, you know, like uh, sales and, and properties mm -hmm. off the market, typically what we're seeing is roughly about 20% of all the properties that are on the market at any one time during the year, about 20% sell. And a little more than 20% leave the market without selling. Wow. And that's surprising, right? Very surprising. Yeah. People have this conception that, you know, Montana land just kind of flies off the shelves mm -hmm. and, and you know, it, it, it does when it's, when it's priced right and, and, mm -hmm. the good, and the good properties, you know, but we, and this is an exciting thing about Montana Land Source, bringing, um, you know, for markets to function well, there needs to be some level of transparency and discovery mm -hmm. and the Montana market suffers for that. It's a non-disclosure state. Mm -hmm. um, you know, very few people know what things sell for except for <clears throat> brokers and appraisers and, and whatnot. So, uh, it's in technical terms, it's a highly imperfect market. Mm -hmm. it, it, it doesn't function like other markets. Yeah. And, and even though Montana Land Source does not disclose sale prices for sales because of non-disclosure, nonetheless, we, we bring together a lot of market data that's never been brought together in one mm -hmm. place. And I actually think uh, um, you know, it might ultimately <clears throat> improve the overall market um, in, in terms of just having a, a better resource for, for market information. Because yeah. from an appraiser standpoint, it can be hard to watch um, mm -hmm. the market, you know, not, not function very well. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you get the calls from um, sellers that want help <clears throat> on pricing their property and they're, they're a couple times off in their perception of what their place is worth. That's hard. Yeah. That's hard to communicate, you know, to be the bearer of bad news. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what are some other fun things that are going on for you these days? Whew. Well, um, I guess, you know, stepping into to media, um, you yeah. know, we're starting to do videos and we've got a podcast that we've been working on. Tell us about out. the podcast. Well, I was actually approached by uh, Coulter DeVries from uh, Clark and Associates, who's mm -hmm. a broker in, in uh, Bo's uh, building, sorry. And uh, it's called Ranch Investor. So uh, really trying to bring together guests on that program with in-depth knowledge and information, some other appraisers, 
yeah. um, and people about, about ranch investing. So just really, again, stepping into the media thing. Um, and we're redoing our website right now, trying to really uh, improve that, improve the experience and, and better represent yeah. who and what we are. So, I mean, that, that seems to be the constant uh, struggle, if you want to call it that, or challenge or opportunity uh, is mm-hmm. you know, accurately representing uh, who you are and what you're trying to do. And, um, and Coulter started that pretty recently, right? Yeah, we, we've, we've got about, we want to get about 10 recorded before we start to release. Okay. Uh, so we haven't released any yet, but we've recorded about five or six of them. Uh, yeah. And we've got a, he's got a nice studio set up, so it's high quality. And, um, Excellent. Yeah, and I think he's a, a talented mediator. He's, he's good at nice. asking questions and yeah. getting the stuff out of people. And we've got our list of people to, to get on the program. And the, uh, we want to have an ongoing every two week release. Excellent. So pretty ambitious. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Yeah, he approached me uh, at Clark's annual presentation, mm-hmm. the one that you and Clark gave, uh, and he started telling me about it. And I was like, yeah, go do it. That sounds yeah. great. He's in partnership in his office with a, with a media person. So, that, so ah. you know, a very nice studio. Perfect synergy. Yeah, yeah. And it makes a difference. I mean, I, you know, I've done stuff, you know, on your cell phone or whatever. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> So Absolutely. trying to, you know, bring quality to it. And, uh, the, you know, there's just, there's so much opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, stepping into all of it and, and keeping up with it uh, is another thing. But And what's his podcast called so people can go find Ranch it? Investor. Ranch Investor. Yeah, okay. and I don't, I don't think the website's up yet, but it's going to be ranchinvestor.com. Excellent. Yeah. You know, speaking of great things, you're over here visiting your daughter and your grandchild, right? Yes. So, yeah. and you've got another one coming? Yeah. So I have a grandson that's going to be two next week and another on the way due in August. So Excellent. Congrats. Yeah, yeah it's very, very exciting. So on, on the business world again, since we're, we just started talking about COVID, right? Mm-hmm. How do you see that potentially affecting or impacting your business? And if it's a negative impact, how are you dealing with it? If it's a positive impact, how are you dealing with it? Well, uh, truthfully, I feel I feel really lucky. I mean, uh, you know, it really hasn't been that much of a difference. I, I did move my office home, you know, for a while, um, mm-hmm. but we haven't seen any impact uh, in our in our business so mm-hmm. far. I mean, um, you know, even and this applies to appraisal too. But um, you know, people need the information and the help, whether times are good or mm-hmm. times are bad. You know, kind yeah. of thing. I mean, I if things get real bad, I mean, I certainly could see you know, brokers potentially going out of business or cutting costs or whatnot. So, you know, we, we could see that. But at the same time, the more difficult things are, the more people need and value good information. Mm-hmm. So I guess I see it as a, but, you know, I, I got to say, I just increasingly feel incredibly lucky when you hear mm-hmm. stories about, you know, what people are going through that it, it truthfully hasn't been that much of a, of a change in our world, um, yeah. which is, I miss getting out and seeing people as much. We, um, <laughs> I am the secretary treasurer of the Billings Farm and Ranch Brokers meeting, and we did our uh, last meeting via Zoom, so that was the yeah. experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, but brokers are, uh, most of the brokers I talk to say they're pretty busy. Good. Uh, I think some of that is adjusting to mm-hmm. workflows, you know, Zooming and rem- remote mm-hmm. communicating and, and that kind of stuff, because there's certainly not as many showings. You know, they mm-hmm. don't have people coming out to, uh, to do showings, but yeah. um, they all say they're, they're pretty busy. So, and back to that broker enthusiasm, I think they're all uh, hungry to, you know, take advantage of, you know, if there's increased interest mm-hmm. in land in Montana, they want to be well positioned to, yeah. to do that. So, 
you know, we'll just have to wait and see. Well, and I got to imagine too, in the real estate world, in the broker world, it's got to be a real benefit that here in Montana, we haven't had more than, I believe, two uh, additional reported cases of COVID in yeah. a given day for almost three weeks. Yeah, um, right, right. You know, and, and so I, that's got to be drawing eyeballs to them and, and people looking here. Yeah, it, it will be interesting to see. And there's a lot of talk, you know, a lot of mm -hmm. talk about, you know, we're, we're going to have a flood. We're going to, you know, people are just going to uh, flood our market. Mm -hmm. And, and um, we'll have to wait and see, you know, how, yeah. how many people will, tr will, will truly act on that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people like to talk about how much more activity their website's getting. Well, <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a lot different than sales. You know, that's, that's yes. people stuck at home, uh, you know, <laughs> and we've seen the same, you know, uptick and we're not complaining about it, but, um, you know, people actually coming out and pulling the trigger on land transactions is another, but again, yeah. all the, most of the brokers I talk to talk about is being as busy as ever and, and fielding calls and fielding uh, inquiries and, and whatnot. So, you know, there was, there was a stat that you and Clark put up, uh, as I recall, the average number of days that a property is on market before it gets sold in ag property. Mm -hmm. What was that? Do you recall? Yeah, it's about a year and a half approaching two years. That blew my mind Yeah, that it takes that long. I think there's a huge misconception, misperception of how, how hard it is to sell an ag property. Yeah, it's, it's complicated and it, you know, it's, a, it's a small market. Mm -hmm. you know, it's the values that we're talking mm -hmm. about and who can purchase property like that. And back to what I said earlier about how different every property is and, and people have their, their different needs in terms of how close to town, how far from town, you mm -hmm. know, the different factors. So it's, it's, you know, and when you think about it, when, if you have a big place, the potential buyer pool for that place, you could count on, you know, a couple hands probably. Mm -hmm. So, and is that person going to find you and pull the trigger on it? And so it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting market. What are some other quirky facts that you can share with us that are just kind of fun that you, you kind of dig into every once in a while? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> well, let's see, we've already talked about, you know, how many properties don't sell. Mm -hmm. That's just been a big one for, uh, because I, that, no one has ever been able to, to document that before. So I kind of yeah. see that as, as you know, a, a very unique uh, contribution on our part. Um, the other thing that we're trying to document is, you know, there's also what people don't realize is uh, typical, a lot of price reductions, you know, so the um. average property and I'm, you know, I'm pulling this off the top of my head, but I want to say that uh, about a third of properties that sell on any one given year have had substantial price reductions. And uh, no, I'm sorry, I think it's more like 40%. And I think the average price reduction, and this is actually conservative, is, a, is about 30%, 33%. And part of what's hard to track on that is, we see this a lot too, you know, a property hits the market, uh, and then it switches broke, you know, goes through a couple brokers. And so capturing all that, it's hard to put that into an exact number because, you know, say a property goes off the market for a year, do we count that pre-existing price or do we start over or there's all these kind of yeah. calls you have to make. But mm -hmm. this is the kind of stuff that we're, you know, that's exciting about rolling up our sleeves on and, and bringing forward because people just, and you know, the, the, the experienced brokers know it anecdotally from, mm -hmm. you know, their own experience. But I, I think it's really helpful for sellers one of the values we provide for our broker clients is taking some of this information to the kitchen table 
mm -hmm. for, for the land seller is one of their toughest jobs. And I, I don't envy them in this job is uh, pricing right and getting their, getting their clients. Mm -hmm. a, a lot of the clients they sit down with to list have preconceived ideas about mm -hmm. what they want to sell for. And brokers are in a tough position of saying, yeah. You know? And uh, I had a real estate license for, for a while. I, I don't any longer, but so I dabbled with that and it was, it was helpful for, for my experience and whatnot, but tough part of the job. Yeah. You know? And again, without having a whole lot of data out there, and that's, that's one of our, uh, we get that feedback from our brokers. That's one of the strongest values mm -hmm. that we provide is, is help with pricing. Yeah. Data-based, mm -hmm. right? you know, help. I, I would think with that, that is such a huge value that your product brings to the marketplace, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you're talking about all those 40% of properties that are then overpriced, if you will, yeah. by 30%, yeah, that's a huge number. Yeah, you know? and, so, and people don't, you know, then you get tr trouble with it kind of being worn in the market establishing a reputation for yeah not being priced you know so the the, the cost the risks mm -hmm. of, of overpricing yeah we really look forward to maybe putting out some content on that you know so both for brokers to take to buyers but also uh, sellers but also potential sellers mm -hmm. you know and just just bring more information because a lot of the pricing that's done is is you know based on who knows what I mean yeah. sometimes you scratch your head where where, where in the world did you get that yeah you know so what, what is something that if I were a buyer, something that would, if I came to Montana Land Source and I'm online, that would be really helpful that I can get from Montana Land Source that would help me? Well, you know, of course, just, just access to information and, and having it all in one place, you know, you know otherwise, a buyer is confronted with either scrolling through websites and, mm -hmm. and looking at inven uh, individual inventories of individual brokers or, you know, the, the print ads and uh, online, uh, online ads out there, which typically aren't ordered, aren't mm -hmm. in any, you know, the print stuff, especially it's like, you know, maybe, you know, you like, you know, the Lewistown area or, um, you know, the Missoula area or something. You have to flip through the whole thing and mm -hmm. look at each ad to tell whether they're where you want, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we really bring it all in one place. Uh, it's funny, I get this question sometimes um, on our search that you can enter in some factors to search for. We don't have any geography and people call and ask about that. And I say, well, we don't put it in the search functionality because there's a map to, mm -hmm. to work from. You know, use, use the map. You know, gotcha. if, you're, if you're interested in... Cascade County, mm -hmm. pull up the map and look at Cascade County instead of typing in Cascade County and getting a list. You know, ah. so teaching people, some you know, some people are either map people or they're not. Yeah, and uh, maybe that's a little bit of a of a problem of ours. We're such we're such map geeks, but uh, yeah. trying to <laughs> trying to encourage people like uh, learn how functional and uh, you know a map can be for. Um, and you know, some again, some of these buyers are from out of area and whatnot. You know, you can you can learn about an area. You can learn mm -hmm. about how close are you to uh, amenities that you might be interested in? You know, how close are you to the mountains or how far or yeah. to town or whatever? You know, learn a little bit about Montana geography and what areas uh, you might be interested in. And, yeah. You know. 
Can can the general public go on Montana Land Source and play around on the map? Yeah, uh, that's. I'm glad you brought that up because <clears throat> initially we were strictly you know behind a, pay, a paywall, but that's a shift we've taken to put more and more free content up. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, at some point you're going to hit a limit because that's how we make our money is through subscriptions. But mm -hmm. <laughs> but we've put more and more free content up all the time, so there is quite a bit of useful. We have cadastral um, in our map, so mm -hmm. a lot of people are familiar with the Montana Cadastral website. All that information is available on our map app as well, including more stuff that's mm -hmm. different than the, the Montana Cadastral page. So, yeah, we've striven to make it a, a public resource, you know, as much as, as possible. Excellent. Well, I know our audience is going to love it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I know uh, Jim Toth, who we talked about before. Yep. He, we interviewed Jim just a little bit ago and his, his video aired recently and uh, he does a lot of work with you guys, speaks very highly of you and your team. Um, and everybody I've talked to in the broker world just raves about your product. So uh, I'd love to hear that. And is the general public, I, I think it's gonna be really interesting to see how they start coming into your product more. Yeah. Uh, especially folks that are looking at you know either buying ag land or recreational property uh, in Montana. Well, and I think you know uh, what's a challenge there, there's so much out there. There's so many tools, there's so many mm -hmm. products, there's so many and you know of course we <clears throat> we bump up against that and you know a lot of brokers like the last thing they want is another uh, website or another mm -hmm. software or another, you know, so so getting over that hurdle and convincing them, you know, no, this will save you time, save you money, be an efficient tool. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting also what you bring up, you know, word of mouth, um, that's certainly within the broker community, uh, without a doubt, has been, you know, our strongest uh, uh, marketing um, tool, but it, there's, there's a lot of competition out there and it's not going to stop. Mm -hmm. There's going to be more and more available all the time. Um, so, you know, staying on top of that and, and uh, really working hard on providing value and, and not headaches in terms of logging mm -hmm. in, logging out and navigating a website. And cause, yeah, you know, we all spend so much time doing that. But, you know, I always love this question that I'm about to ask you because it, it's a futuristic looking question. What do you think is going to be your next big hurdle in getting your business to another level? Boy, I, you know, I guess marketing, marketing sales comes to mind. Um, what really, about it specifically? Uh, doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> getting, stepping away from the computer uh, and, and getting out, getting out and about. You know, I just heard about, uh, I don't, I'm not sure if it's going to be a physical auction or not, but we don't see a lot of aux land auctions in Montana and sometimes they're, they're virtual, but um, mm -hmm. there's a property that's going to go to auction and they just haven't announced yet whether it's in person or um and it's up by belt and right away i'm okay. you know, oh i hope it's a physical action and get out there and and rub shoulders rub elbows you know yeah with it. so hit the road more you know, mm -hmm. you know travel around more and and meet the brokers that haven't met us yet and introduce ourselves so so that and then you know long term you had asked me about this earlier you know growth to other states um we, we see two big areas of growth potential one is geographic other mm -hmm. states the other is size you know we're we're Historically, we've been 200 acres and up, so really mm -hmm. only the large acreage. And we do, we are doing more and more smaller acreage, and, and brokers can advertise smaller acreages on our website as of now. But you know, if we get into, uh, you know, 80s, 40s, 20s, that expands the market. Huge. You know, there's there's so many more, you know, 
people involved in that sector than large. But yeah. um, there's also you know a lot more labor of mm -hmm. doing that mapping and doing that. So you know hiring up for that, and mm -hmm. those are two big growth points we see. That that and obviously just growing the website and its traffic, which has been growing exponentially, which we're we're happy about. But it takes time, you know, to get. Yeah. You know, to get in that search optimization, so that when yes. someone's googling Montana land, we're we're there. You know, and we're yeah. we're, we're doing well. Well, and, and as we were also talking about, the, you guys are bootstrapping your business. You didn't you didn't get venture capital money. Right. You didn't go borrow money. You guys have you've been doing it yourselves. Yeah, we are we're very scrappy, and uh, sometimes I question that. <laughs> yeah, and wonder if we're if we're. But like I share, shared earlier. Uh, We've had a couple opportunities, and uh, boy, when I'm talking to somebody and I start to feel like we don't share the same mm -hmm. vision, that that's hard. Yeah, uh, you know, and uh, it's hard to think about giving up control and and whatnot. <clears throat> we were we were in talks with the one outfit about some significant inv investment and in, uh, actually taking this uh, national. Mm -hmm. And the joke was maybe we'll call it Willow. <laughs> we'll be the rural the rural vision of Zillow. Will be Willow. Yeah. I just gave that away. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, Andy, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. This thank has you, been Joel. fantastic eye-opening for me. Uh, everybody, you can catch the Montana Business Vlog on any of the podcast channels. You can catch us on YouTube. Uh, give us a shout if you have anybody you want us to interview. Andy, Ron, everybody, Montana Land Source. Thank what you, a fantastic interview. Thank you. Thank you, Joel. Enjoyed it immensely. It was wonderful. Have a great day, everybody. Uh, big shout out to our sponsors, uh, Silverman Law Office, RC3 Consulting, and of course, our big guy behind the camera, Brad Oldhouse and Social Flicks. He's patting his belly, but you know, that's <laughs> what Brad and I do best. So have a great day, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.